I think I, I always recommend, you know, newspaper is the best place to train you as a photographer. It brings you some discipline. And also, you know, you develop your patience because you will get a call at 11.30 in the night or 12 o'clock in the night. I might not sound like an artist when I say this, uh, <laughs> because if somebody is paying money and I just respect that, I have to deliver what they want. And if the time permits, then I can experiment what I really want to do that. So first stick to the brief and deliver and shoot everything. So I look at myself as a solve, problem solving for somebody actually. And they need some sort of a visual support. Hello and welcome to Photo Country. This is Rajiv and you're listening to episode 40. It is an amazing feeling to reach this milestone. Thanks for everyone who has listened to this podcast and all the guests who have been so generous with their time. Today we have a special guest in our midst, Selva Prakash Lakshmanan, an accomplished editorial, commercial and portrait photographer from India. He is based in Bangalore and Chennai currently. His work has been published internationally, including the New York Times, Forbes and several other leading Indian publications as well. He is the recipient of the prestigious Robert Bosch Art Grant and the NFI National Media Fellowship. I am so stoked to have such an amazing artist on the podcast today. Without further ado, here is Selva Prakash Lakshmanan. Hello Selva, thanks for your coming on this podcast. It's uh, super fun having you on the show. Thanks for your time. Thank, Thank you, Rajiv. Rajiv. Thanks, Thanks for, for inviting me. me. It's, it's my, my pleasure, pleasure, actually. All right. So so nice to finally get to speak to someone whose work I've been following for the past few years. I've been seeing like since I spoke to Pon Prabhakar, I've been following your work. And some of the photographs, some of the portraits that you've done is just uh, uh, amazing. So I really wanted to sort of speak to you and explore your journey, you know, like how you got to this place, you know, how you found this vocation, this art, and what are the influences over the years that you you have had that has sort of influenced your signature style and the way you approach your work, right? So. So that's basically what I want to sort of explore with you in this episode. You started off as a as a staff photographer for Dinamalar, which is a which is a, a newspaper that I'm very familiar with. You know, growing up at Madurai, it's 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 a standard thing in everybody's house, right? How did that happen? Like, what got you to the space where you got into Tamil Daily as a photographer? Yeah, so. I think the journey is a bit long. I'm trying to be, you know, make it as a T20 format. Uh, okay. So I'm 45. So it's almost 20 years of journey, 23 years of right. journey. So for, I was very bad at academics, technically. So I end up of studying economics. So that's the usual norm. If you are not good at <laughs> academics, then you end up history, economics, literature, or something like that. So when I was in my college, then I was really interested in the fine arts. I was the freestyle dancer, you can call me, yeah, in the college days. Awesome. Oh, yeah, okay. so I was part of the fine arts and going to different colleges. So 
But I was really enjoyed that I was passionate about the dance and other stuff. So that's the window to explore the art form. So I was really enjoying. So post my economics, I was really interested to study something related to the fine arts. So initially, I want to be a cinematographer. So I tried to be a tried to learn cinematography. But in Chennai, these Film school have a, a rule that if you want to study cinematography, you should study physics and chemistry in your 11th and 12th grade. That's an eligible. Oh, because those oh, days, I know that. yeah, those days it's a film, so you should know the chemical aspect of processing and things like that. Ah, and then okay. Lens has the physics base, so that's the qualification. So. I studied again 11th and 12th as a commerce group. So that's ruled out, can't get into the cinematography. So the other option is in Tirnal Valley, there is an university called Manonmaniyam Sundarnar University, where they have the master's in journalism and mass communication, which is the next option. So I joined the MA journalism and mass communication in Manonmaniyam Sundarnar University. And this photography is more accidental for me. It's not really I consciously chose photography or something. So I have a senior, his name is Nabil Farsan, who comes with a you know camera every day to the college. In those days, carrying a camera, or I would say that in that age, carrying a camera is like very fashionable and then there is a fame attached to that. So that's why I said it's more of an accidental. And so I, I was really influenced and impressed by him. So he also teaches me the basics of the SLR camera. And then we have a lab journal called Tamaravarani, which is a river name which flows in Valley. Right. So in the lab journal, there is another senior asked me to take some pictures of the potholes in the road, you know, and he gave me the Pentax K1000 camera and then asked me to shoot a couple of images. So I shot that and then the lab journal published that images. So when you see your own images in a lab journal, which is a tabloid size and which gives you in that age, you know, it's again, it's a fame and things like that. So to be honest, that's how I got into the photography. There is a fame attached to that. And many people get into the photography largely for there is a fame attached to that actually. So likewise, I'm also got into that. And end of that, like in the lab journal, everyone has to produce a lab journal. So everybody largely asked me to do the photo. So defaultly, I'm the photo person in my, you know, PG. So at the end of the college, I don't know what to do. I was like a little bit of confused with whether go to the, editing or a photography or cinematography in that time, professor of mine, Arul Chalman. So he said like, there is an opening in a Dinamalar. Would you be interested? You know, end of your college, you have an immediate job offer. So I thought, okay, sure, we should, I should take that. And that's also into a photography. So that's how I, then I attend the interview and I got into the newspaper photography. 
So during that interview and during this time of college, I bought the Vivitar 3800N, which is a film camera. So to carry that camera, I need a camera bag. So I subscribed Better Photography, three-year subscription. It comes along with a bag, actually. Right. So this Better Photography introduced a little bit of international photojournalist and things like that. And there is a guy called Tom Studart. He covered the Gujarat earthquake in those times. And his interview was in this magazine. His pictures are really striking. Still now, I, I, the Tom Studart came to my, my life in a different stages. The first stages was this Gujarat earthquake. Right. And for this interview also, I, because any interview, people will ask who is your favorite photographer. So I was preparing that I'm going to tell Tom Studart because, you know, I really like this work and things like that. So that's how I got into the Dinamala newspaper. I worked with them for a year. And I purely, I would say, with that age, your mind will be everywhere. You want to do this and you want to do that. You are not satisfied with your own, you know, goals. So I was keep moving my workstations in a different places. I keep asking transfers because I thought this place might give more challenges. But, you know, I don't think so. I was not really focused on that. I just keep moving. I would say I'm a bad employee <laughs> in those times. So how old were you there? How old 20, were you there? 24, 23, 24, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. And how, what kind of work did you do at Dilamalar? Was it just, you know, you go around with the reporters and take photographs or did they yeah. give you like photographic assignments? Yeah, it works in both it? ways. So largely, this is all news dailies. Like, so they have the previous day, you will know what are the events happening in the city. So they will assign you morning, nine o'clock, you have to go here and 11.30, you are here. And suddenly something, spot news pop up. And they will ask you to go and cover that and come back. I think I, I always recommend, you know, newspaper is the best place to train you. As a photographer, it brings you some discipline. And also, you know, you develop your patience because you will get a call at 11.30 in the night or 12 o'clock in the night saying there is an accident happen in, you know, near Ananasar. Then you will take your Moffat and then go there and you find that there is a cycle guy just drunk and crashed into a drainage, you know, and you know that it's a very small news and then you have to come back, but you have to take a picture and come back or you end up going to some 25 kilometers and taking a picture and then suddenly you get a call saying that news is not very relevant. You can go back to your home. So there is a kind of, you just execute, don't attach too much to your work. You know, that training, you will get it in a newspaper. Or you just go to 25 kilometers just to take a passport size of a person's headshot and then come back and file it, you know. And I think that's important. And even I was not a good employee there, though. I was not a good, you know, photographer, but the space trained me really well. You know, I learned quite a lot from them, actually, yeah. So I moved out from the Dinamalar and then I want to learn the commercial aspect of photography. I went to Bombay and I worked as an assistant to 
a commercial photographer named called Chatin Chonkar. So I, I did my internship with him actually during my college. So I wrote an email to him and saying I want to be an assistant for some time to understand the nuances of the commercial photography, studio photography, things like that. So I was there for six, seven months and, you know, trying out the commercial aspect of it. My sister was living in Bombay, so I was, I have a kind of an ecosystem to survive over there. So when they moved back to southern India, again back to Tamil Nadu, then I also came back to, you know, Thirmal Valley and then trying to do a little bit of a documentary style photography because I have no jobs also, but I have a camera and a little bit of exposure to the newspaper, thanks to Dinamalar and a little bit of a commercial aspect to that. And one year I was just roaming around and shooting and then trying to go back to the newspaper because which I find that's my cup of tea. So trying to apply newspapers and things like that, but some of it wasn't happening. Then my dad said, like, don't wait for too long. Just find a full-time job, you go back because, you know, this is the age you have to get into the job. So I think that's a turning point. I got a teaching opportunity in Hindustan College of Arts and Science, which is in Kwaimutu. So it's a visual communication department. Mainly I have to teach photography. Along with photography, I have to teach other subjects. That's how it works. I was with this college for one, one and a half year. I honestly saying that's the time I learned photography because you have to face some 50 students and they are investing their time to listen what you are going to speak. So you have to prepare yourself well and then address the students. And we have a darkroom set up. There is a studio and there are students who have really curious to know, you know, different aspects of photography. So I start reading and exploring this photography for one year, one and a half year. And along with the student, I also learned a lot and I really gifted to have such students and I have a great place to cool my photography skill. So after one and a half year, I just, my interest of going back to the newspaper is still on. So, and that time, this publication called Dinagaran, and they were relaunching their editions. So I applied for a daily position, actually, because I just, because that's the reason I was telling in a Dinamalar, I keep moving my different cities because I just want a little more challenging assignments and things like that. So Delhi, I thought it's a better place to, you know, explore more and things mm-hmm. like that. But there was a delay in launching the Delhi edition. They launched the Bangalore edition much earlier. So they asked me, why don't you join the Bangalore edition? So I joined the Bangalore edition. So that's the second, you know, term getting into the newspaper. This time I'm very clear, just I have to be a good photographer to the organization, not like the previous one. So I put my effort at the maximum and I start working as a newspaper photographer in Bangalore and doing the regular assignments and things like that. So I got introduced to this platform called Tiffinbox.org. 
And I don't know whether you know this guy called Sheshu. Sheshu is a very talented portrait photographer who lives in US now. So he ran the platform called tiffinbox.org. So he put a lot of resources on those days, like 2007, 8. So the internet and these platforms are slowly coming up. And he put really interesting photographers. He features their works and things like that. So right. where I saw, if I'm not wrong, it's um, Annie's work, if I'm not wrong. So like my memory is not that great now. So he put those body of works it's rather than the single right. images. And those body of works really inspiring. So I thought since it's a Bangalore edition, I have some free time because it's not like you are in a news, vernacular newspaper functioning within the state will keep you very busy. This is outside, outside the state. So I have a lot of time. So I thought let's work on some stories. And as a newspaper guy, you will encounter every day some interesting people or interesting you know, news or like uh, issues and things like that. So I found that there is a protest going on, like uh, old age home people protesting because there is a new road coming on their way. So it's going to demolish their old age home. So the people were protesting over that. So I was interested when I talked to them and then I met this founder, like the founder who runs this place saying like, I would like to come and see your old age home and just wanted to document and then run as a story on my newspaper. Then he agreed and then I, every day I go around four or five from the morning from my place to this old age home and shoot till eight in the morning and then come back and do my routine news things for almost a month or something. That slowly built up a, a, I would say, like a story on a voltage home. And with that story, I published a couple of images in my own newspaper. And I also applied there is a workshop called Anchor Photo Festival, which happens in Cambodia. So I applied for the workshop. I got selected for the workshop. So I went to Cambodia and did this workshop. So during the workshop, you have to find a subject and you every day you shoot and come back and show the works to the, you know, photo editors and people from Magnum or Pulitzer Prize winning photographer, Renny Seabair. She was uh, mentoring me in that workshop. And every day I goes with, a, as a newspaper guy, goes with hundreds and hundreds of pictures and shoot a lot right. because that newspaper really trained me to do that. And she patiently go through these images and then tells the strip of these images and how to sequencing it, all that she did it. And, and in this workshop, every workshop in the end, they choose 30 people. Out of 30 people, they will select one work as the best work and then they award with the best work along with some money. And so I got that award and that money for that year. And also beyond that, that introduced me, really introduced me to the international photographic, you know, works and the platforms and the opportunities. So because you interact with other photographers, all that, but I have no clue. I have very little knowledge when I go to this workshop and that's opened up my, you know, photographic world into the next level. And coming back and immediately I got another opportunity to join in a magazine called Time Out, which is a really good magazine. 
lifestyle magazine. I was with them for six months. My t- interest was really into the hardcore news. So I was keep an eye on the newspaper again. There is a newspaper called Daily News and Analysis, which is just about to launch in Bangalore. So I was moved to that magazine, a newspaper for two years and working mm-hmm. as a newspaper guy. So that's roughly. And then I went back to the Time Out magazine and stayed with them for four years. And then 2014, I quit and decided to be a freelancer. So that's roughly the, <laughs> right. you know. So there's a yeah. lot of uh, newspaper influence in your in your life, right? In terms of your career. How has it impacted your style? Like if I see some of your projects, like your black and white work, very documentary in, in style, very stark. How has those kind of work, how has it affected or impacted your your freelance or commercial work? Yeah, so as I said that Dinamalar is my first you know, organization where I worked as a newspaper photographer. So I learned a lot from that organization. One is like this, stories, you find stories because when you are in a newsroom, you will know these interesting stories. And uh, that some of the stories what is there actually are, you know, learned those newses or news angle from those organizations and especially the fisherman issue because I was in Madurai. I think my second transfer to Madurai. And I keep reading these fishermen goes and fishing in the international water or Sri Lankan water and get killed by the Sri Lankan Navy. So this news, I keep reading it. I was interested in that actually. So, but I have not much idea about what is storytelling. So it's more of a newspaper guy when the spot news happened, I just wanted to go and shoot. That's the kind of a knowledge I have. But I knew the news, actually. There is an important news which is underreported in the international or a national newspaper. And then the Jalikati, again, I'm in the Madurai. Then I knew that, you know, it's a really interesting sports. There are other aspects to this sports. It's not a one-day thing. I just wanted to, uh, you know, how they train the uh, bulls and what is the relationship between the bull and the bull owner all that was interesting but you don't know where to start and I have a little time because you are a full-timer and then I moved to Kwaimutur and that's the time you know this elephant camp camp was just started I think it's a third or fourth year if I'm not wrong and right. this elephant will be moved in a lorry and that was in the news I find it it is very fascinating it's very interesting what is happening in this camp but I am not matured enough to handle such stories. And I don't have that much time to do that also. So when I moved to Bangalore and I was working with this newspaper and the magazine, the work styles become slightly different. And I am explored to this international photography community through Anchor Photo Festival and things like that. And I was kind of, you are ready. So... I believe that when you are ready, things will come to you. So I was ready. So I just revisiting these places and with start doing these work. So that's why there is a very close connection with the journalistic kind of a documentary on my portfolio. To be honest, like now people knows me for my portrait work, but still my, you know, cup of tea is more of a documentary, but getting such commissioned work is a challenging 
and finding a time to work on such project is also challenging in these days. But I have to balance in some way. Hopefully, I will balance it in coming years. Yeah. So today, like you said, you're known for your portrait, your studio work. But what kind of work are you getting these days? Is it more of the the magazine cover uh, or editorial for Forbes and all of those magazines? You've done a lot of work of prominent personalities. Are you getting more of that kind of work or are you getting more your the kind of work that you want to do? No, I think the editorial photojournalistic Stories are very, very less these days. And, okay. and especially I am in Bangalore. So the freelance opportunity of doing it from Bangalore is very limited because the stories from southern part of India is very less. In the photo stories, I'm saying either it, it can be an international space or even in a national space, the amount is less. They really wants to do either I have to be place myself in Bombay or Delhi to do that volume. So largely it is, right now I'm doing a portrait, editorial portraits, and that led into commercial works like a commission portraits for, you know, corporate companies or an individual portraits. And also I do architecture and other stuff also, thanks to Time Out, because Time Out is a lifestyle magazine which trained me to do shoot food in the morning, afternoon portrait, and evening you will shoot some architecture and the interior. And so that trained me to do different stuff. So right. my website also slightly reflects that. So that's why there is a commercial, completely a different link, which will show all kinds of sorts of things I do. Yeah. So I would say volume of work is really high in editorial. Right. right. But in terms of income, largely it comes from the commercial. Yeah. Got it. Got it. But... In terms of your your commercial work, the, the portraits and other stuff that you do, has your newspaper background sort of bled into it in terms of your style? Has it influenced or do you keep it compartmentalized? You have a different look and feel to that work and your documentary is sort of different and you purely look at the client's brief and stick to it? Or do you try to sort of put your spin to the brief and give it a certain look to be honest yeah this newspaper or a documentary photographic skill really helps me to do for the commercial or you know corporate portraits or headshots really helps me because i largely give importance for the expressions of the people sometimes i'm not really bothering about you know what kind of a light even i i i honestly i don't know i don't really bother about whether it is a butterfly light or a Rembrandt light or something, not really fine-tuning, getting a triangle perfectly on the cheek. Definitely, I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the gesture of the person and the expressions and the, how comfortable he is, which is all comes from more of a journalistic and the documentary side of it. Like, I just use the light as a fill light. That's it. And uh, Or if I want to make a little dramatic and things like that, just I use that couple of lights and get it executed. So the first question is, yeah, yes, it is really helping me. I just incorporate those, you know, nuances or the aesthetics of documentary and the photojournalism into that. And in terms of the second question, how do you look at the documentary and the commercial work? I'm the guy, I stick to the brief, there is no doubt in it. 
And because I might not sound like an artist when I say this, uh, <laughs> because if somebody is paying a money and I just respect that, I have to deliver what they want. And if the time permits, then I can experiment what I really want to do that. So first stick to the brief and deliver and shoot everything. And if the time permits, and then I can experiment, you know, different angles. Or are you going to try different composition, which is not really a corporate portrait style or a headshot style? All that if the time permits. But my priority is if somebody is commissioning and they are commissioning because they saw something on my website, and that has to reflect on my work. And what's my rule? So I can shift my brain into that. I would say that. Right. I can detach that. If it is a commercial work, it's a commercial work. And you go with this focus on this kind of a style. I do that. And which I, right. maybe I'm just keep repeating. I do multiple stuff. Because I shoot a food, then I have to be shoot like a food photographer. And I have to shoot an right, architecture, right. I have to shoot like an architecture also. And so that right. helps me to shift into these styles. And I'm happy about it. If people think that I don't have a style or something, it's absolutely fine. And I will show my style in my own personal work, not into somebody commissioning and they are expecting me to do it in a specific way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, once you know you are a, an established commercial photographer and you have a significant body of work, and people come to you because you have a certain look, right? In terms of your the Selva Prakash Lakshman brand, if I can call it that, in terms of the, okay, this is the kind of work that you do. This is my body of work. This uh, this is what I am, and when they come to you, expecting that kind of style, right? Yeah. So yeah. do you think that kind of helps in giving you that amount of freedom to, to approach it the way you want to? So if, I think that's again, the, it's going back to the previous question, actually. So this client is giving you that much freedom because I did such projects sometimes saying there is no brief. There is no brief. Right. They come and tell you that, Selva, you just shoot the way you like it, actually. Or right. they might refer specific work in my own website, we like this approach. Can you do it like that? And there you have a freedom and the client is trusting your, you know, aesthetic sense or a creative thought process. Where right. it's fine. But if somebody is saying, I like the vanishing tribes portraits and my late evening you shot with available light. So the client is even choosing a specific style on you. At least right. in my case, my website have some even I, I removed some of the work like because the website become very heavier. During the time out period, I each year we have to produce some sort of an annual photo story. And one year I shot it's called a tree stump, which is a project on, you know, when they widening the road, when they built the metro, they chopped the trees and they removed right. the tree stump, putting outskirt of the city which doesn't have any commercial value. So I shot those tree stumps with a, you know, camera on a tripod in the late night and long exposure for, you know, five minutes or 10 minutes and then use a patch to paint the tree stumps, you know, which is completely a very artistic, you know, conceptualizing right. a story. And whereas this vanishing traders, 
during the monsoon time late evening you will get a blue sky shooting under the sodium vapor at street lamp which gives you a, gives you a color tone and i shot only during the monsoon it's more documentary but you force them to do something like you stand like that in the neighborhood of it and when there is another year we shot a superheroes which we take see some of the people who doing some really great work in the art and culture and bring them in a studio and then ask them to do some superhero actions and then follow them so my style itself vary for different projects i don't know is it a merit or a dis- uh, demerit i don't know but i'm open because if you keep doing similar kind of a style you might get bored of that and uh, so exactly so it's uh, I, i'm not answer to your question because it's i don't know whether the client specifies style i want like this i'm happy to do that in my own website if they completely giving me a freedom you shoot the way you want i'm open to think and do something and or right referring somebody else work this is what we want from you selva and just a brighter background your shoot and this is for a commercial purpose i'm on it sorry that's absolutely fine for me yeah right right okay so are you a very technical photographer or like very instinctive and you like for example now you said you know, you're very free with the kind of lights that you use right and that way i'm non technical yeah so i tell people that right. this is slightly a gyan but um, <laughs> so i tell that see when somebody looking at your image it's my my philosophy or my belief i'm not saying it everyone has to agree with that when somebody look at my picture and if they start finding out what is my f number and what is the type of a lens i have used and what kind of a lighting i have did it is a failure of not form for me because my intention is i'm trying to say something through the photo but the audience is looking at something else like the technical aspect of my photography so if i do it like that it's a failure of my practice that's my belief so right. you know whether it is a macro or a 16 mm with a wide angle you know distortions on the corner which all like uh, immediately the audience will questioning what equipment what technicality involved in that so that's unless if the subject demands it's fine subject demands a specific technical aspect to that it's fine otherwise for me like too much of technical sound is the failure of a picture so i always say everybody knows the henry cartier bazan's image of you know jawarla nehru laughing you know seeing with the mountart and prabhu and his wife and right. nobody bothers about whose image it is but it is going viral right because there is yes. a humor in it there is a history behind it or there is a image of you know parker's image of a rocket frontal part on a back side of a cycle and then walking on a you know small tiny little lane in a rural part of yes. india and nobody bothers that because it's not some some low angle camera or right. like wide angle lens or a shallow depth of field nothing is nice so there is an information which you know make the image more interesting and powerful and meaningful so there is a, a quote or way i look at 
photography is, is I always say that nobody is going to read a poem just because of the beautiful handwriting. People read poem right. because there is a meaning in it or the poem evokes some sort of an emotion in it. You know, that's why you read the poem or that's why you are saying that's your favorite poem. Likewise, I like a picture because it communicates with me in terms of, you know, whether it triggers some sort of emotion or there is a humor in it. And that's important. So content matters for me than the technical aspect of it. If it is slightly blurry, order focus, there are images in the history. It's still most iconic images because there is a strong content in it. So that's my philosophy. That's my right. belief. Not necessarily right, right. everybody has to be believes that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Being a busy commercial photographer, doing commission after commission, how do you keep yourself fresh? Do you take up personal projects just to sort of satisfy your inner creative urge? Yeah, I, I think 2000, after 2014 or 15, I just slightly changed my approach to the photography practice, I would say. Like, especially the commercial people, even a couple of my friends also always say that, Selvagam, don't you get bored of these, shooting these commercial. But I, I, I'm just looking at that I'm helping someone actually with their skills. That's my baseline. So even, that's why if it is too muddy, hydration comes in, in terms of editing or in terms of, you know, I do some video works too, video editing or changing images. I don't like that selection. Can you go into this selection? So I look at myself as a solve, problem solving for somebody actually. And they need some sort of a visual support. That's why I'm, they are hiring me. So if your perception is slightly different, then you don't get bored of that, actually. But if you look at you are just a creator, I'm going to create something, and that has to be appreciated by someone, then it is a different equation. That's why I said after 2014, I changed my perspective towards what I'm doing. So it's like more of whether it is editorial, there is a purpose to that. That's why they're asking me to do that, actually. If the purpose is not served, well, no matter how great or how good my photography is, it's at the end of the day, is, it's not serving the purpose, it's failed then. So, and that changing, that attitude will help me to not get drained. Even no matter too many hydration, it's absolutely fine because they're trying to, they can't do that actually. That's why they are coming to you. And they don't know what they right. want. That's why they keep telling that right. I don't like after you do some sort of changes, they will say, seeing that and then say, I don't like that. Probably the brief came from them only. But they don't know. And at least some 22 years of experience and with a 45 year, I have some patience and then a little bit of a knowledge so I can manage that actually. That's fine. So, so no boring. So right. if you change your attitude. Right. Yeah. Newspapers today. Today, with the advent of mobile phones, uh, I heard in the West at least a lot of publications firing staff photographers because the reporters themselves have you know, a pretty yeah. good camera in their phone to take photographs. You had a upbringing, your solid base foundation because of newspapers and publications. Has it changed today because of all these new technologies that has emerged? It is. It, it has changed. It has changed and the number of photographers in the newspaper also drastically changed. And also like 
it's an open secret that editorial don't pay much than, like the commercial. So it is difficult to attract the new talents also into the newspaper because the pays are really low. And so that's also another factor. So this mobile phone is uh, really affecting the daily news, at least I will say that, yeah. Daily news and spot news are already hijacked by the mobile phone photography because all these events, like say, like largely the, at least in India, like a newspaper carry chief ministers goes here and then opening this new hospital or a new scheme and or some councillor goes and inaugurates something. All these kind of a stuff is the daily news which we carry in a newspaper, all like shot by their own party workers or somebody shot in a mobile phone. They email those images to the, you know, newsroom. So they don't need a photographer for such areas now. And the spot news, again, public, everybody have a mobile phone. Anything happens, and especially any disaster or anything, that, you know, citizen journalists will take something and then they upload into the platform and then the newspaper uses that, actually. So only possible possibility is like an as a photojournalist, you find your own stories, you work on something, and then you publish it. That's the one area it's still there. So I think we have to focus on that if you are, if you want to be a photojournalist or, a, or some journalistic stuff, you want to do that, not to bother about the daily news and the spot news. Let's find out some interesting stories and work on it and then publish it. That's the possible way, yeah. Right, right. So going forward, like where do you see your next half of your career, Selva? Like you're 45, nearing 50. So what's the next step in your storied career? Yeah, I think as you asked, the personal stories asked actually. So I think now I should start focusing on more of my personal stories because freelance gives some sort of a financial stability these days for me. So only the time is a factor now. So I should some plan some time to work on my personal projects and things like that, which is also, as I said, that I can experiment what I want because I'm the boss and right. in terms of creativity and everything. And that really is an important thing in this maybe next five years or 10 years. Yeah. Right, right. So before I close, I want to ask one important question in the sense that you said you're very focused on the expressions of body language. The body language. How do you get that out of your subjects? Like, for example, I, I've seen Peter Hurley's videos, how he yeah. approaches his headshots. It's very yeah. interesting the way he speaks to them. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you make them comfortable? Like, you know, to make them emote because people who are not used to such an environment, they sort of get intimidated and get sort of freeze up, right? Yeah. I think it's a little philosophical here. And I watched the James Natchez award documentary movie. So I basically recommending that movie for many photographers because you can see the way he walks and interact with the people. So that it used to be my reference. But I later found that even you are mentioning a photographer and he speaks, you know, to these people and then make them comfortable. 
So what we are doing is we saw this and we imitate actually. So it's imitating, it's not you. So for with this year of experience, you'll be humble, simple, and respect others who are come and stand in front of you. And then you don't need to imitate that obviously the word language will be very natural. And that's that I think the rest it will take care of it actually. Value the awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end the conversation. So before you go, what will be your piece of advice for someone who's who wants to sort of enter commercial or or photography in general? To sustain commercial, I will answer that part first because when you start photography, then they decided I want to be a photographer because it means their career, right? So sustain commercially, you have to be a reliable photographer, you know, go on time, shoot, deliver on time and stick to the brief. That is very important. Whether you are very talented or not, that's okay. Even if it is average, guy can sustain if you are a reliable photographer. That's for a commercial side. And creative side, that's you find your own voice, like subject is a very important thing and find some interesting subject and work on it. That's the technical and aesthetics, all that, you know, it's keep evolving things actually. So subject matters. Yeah, that's I would say like, you can read this book on being a photographer. That's I was like, rather than me giving an advice that are quite, you know, experienced and talented people out there and this one book is a very important book I would say on being a photographer it's a conversation between two photographers on, yeah this on, book on. is like there is a chapter called choosing a selecting a subject I think yeah it's called selecting a subject so that's really okay. a, a fantastic chapter it questions you whether you are a photographer or not <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> So when I ask, like some of the students have a weird idea of like, you know, Facebook, Instagram, likes and things like that. I will tell them, just read this chapter and come back to me. Many of them will disappear. Because this this chapter will tell that whether you are a photographer or not. Yeah, yeah that's a kind of a really it, sensible question he put and then ask and then there is a discussion. Definitely, I, I will get that book. Thank you so much, Selva, for coming on the podcast. It was a privilege to get an insight into your life as a photographer. Thanks a lot for everyone to listening to the Photo Country Podcast. Do share this podcast with someone you know loves photography like we do. Don't forget to follow this podcast and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Till the next episode, stay safe and keep clicking.